0: Hey, Chris, Adam, Rachel, how are you guys? It's been so long. Hey, man, we just wanted to, uh, you know, check on you.
1: Yeah, ever since we finished Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, you've... Kinda gone MIA. Yeah, what have you uh, been up to? Oh man, I've been so busy. I, I started rereading the turtle comics, and, and I got the TMNT '90 movie score on vinyl, and I've been listening to that like nonstop. I watched 190 episodes of the '80s cartoon, the entire Nick series. Beat the arcade game, beat the NES game and Turtles in Time like three times each. Watched the 2007 CGI movie and watched Turtles '90 again like four more times. Oh god. Dude, you need to take a break. I I even
0: watched both Michael Bay movies. Again. Oh, Oh, no. God, God, guys, he's gone off the rails. I mean, truth be told, I've kind of felt a little
1: directionless since the whole minute-a-day thing ended.
0: Guys, guys, we need to help him. He's falling apart. He needs structure, and I think there's only one way to do it. Oh, please don't say it. We have have to to do do turtles, turtles too. too. A minute at a time. I love this plan. I'm glad to be a part of it. Hey, hey, what are you guys whispering about? It's okay, Scott. We're here to help you. We're going to do The Secret of the Ooze a minute at a time. Think of it as like your daily dose of turtle therapy.
1: It's like a sequel about the sequel.
0: You might even say it'd be our, uh...
1: Oh, uh, no, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Second no.
1: time around. <laughs> ah, I love you guys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Minute Season Two, a podcast discussing the secret of the ooze, one minute at a time. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Kawa sequel bunga. Dueling genre. And welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. This week we're discussing Kevin Arnold and Winnie Cooper from the television show The Wonder Years, and helping with the discussion is returning guest Nick English. Welcome, Nick.
0: It's wonderful to be back, my friends.
1: And I should note, designer of our
0: awesome logo. So thank you for that as well. I still, every single time I listen to the podcast and you say, we would like to thank Nick English for designing our logo, I say, you're welcome. Every time. It doesn't matter where I am. I can be at work in a meeting when I'm listening to your podcast and not listening to the meeting. No, actually, I don't do that. But,
1: yes, anywhere that I, am, that I am, I always time. say you're welcome.
0: Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Since I got caught, I don't do that anymore.
1: Well, now I'm going to imagine that every time I read that line of the outro. Uh, well, and you
0: said that last time.
1: I did because I've already
0: I've already shared that with you and I
1: know I do think of it sometimes so I know you must have shared it with us before because I know I've thought of you saying you're welcome right after I I think sometimes I even leave a little gap for you just a little
0: good no yeah I appreciate that and I really hope that the listeners join in that all of your your pro taggies out there do you want them to to say thank you you
1: in that little second of airtime or do you want them to say you're welcome
0: Either way, you know what? We can we can share the joy of your beautiful logo. All I think right. that I'm going to start calling your listeners the Taggies. The Taggies? I don't know. Uh, At still one point, we, quite work. we kicked around trying to figure out a good name, and, and nothing ever
1: came up. It's,
0: it's uh, a hard one. It's a hard one. Yeah, the, You guys
1: settled the, on the pro taggies. You, you co-host the Fandom Podcast, and after you guys had a debate, it was settled on that you would call your listeners the Fandom Maniacs.
0: Yeah, and that was somebody else that came up with us with it. It was a listener of the show that said, duh, guys, be the Fandomaniacs. And we were like, that's the most brilliant thing ever. We're all idiots.
1: Because you, I think we wanted to call
0: them the it. Fanny Pack or something like that. We wanted to call them the Pack or something like that. <laughs> and we were, and then, no, Fandomaniacs is way better. And I even designed a, uh, a sticker... And a logo that has us in the Warner Brothers shield, like each of the (laughs) co-hosts in our favorite um, cosplay, I guess, our favorite characters. So, you know what? It it was meant to be. It really was.
1: Yeah, that definitely fits. Well, for any listeners who don't remember, The Wonder Years was a coming-of-age dramedy. Though I don't think they used the word dramedy back in the day. Like, I saw it listed as, like, comedy dramas. I'm like, we just call those dramedies now. But it was a coming-of-age dramedy that aired from 1988 to 1993. And we are discussing the episode Christmas, which was the third episode of Season 2. It was written by Bob Rush, directed by Steve Miner, and aired on December 14th, 1988. And Christmas tells the story of Kevin, who is played by Fred Savage, searching for the perfect gift for Winnie, who is played by Donica McKellar. Uh, Do you remember when you first watched The Wonder Years, Nick?
0: So when this aired, I was seven years old. Um, And so I remember The Wonder Years being on our TV a lot when I was young. I mean, it was one of those shows. We also didn't have cable television. And so with the seven channels that you have, you just kind of watch whatever's good Back in those days, right, like I mean, kids just have it too good these days um and and so I remember that, but i the 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 thing that I remember or that is the fondest memory of the wonder years is when my first when my first born um was super little okay he he was tiny and like you were waking up every three hours to you know with your baby because they were hungry or they pooped or something you know um me and my wife would rotate days and stuff like that and i i said i need to watch a show that is calming and like not crazy that i can just kind of chill to and on netflix i had put the wonder years i was like that's a show that i should watch again like that was such a classic show i should watch it again And so I put it on my list and then it sat there for a year and a half, you know, like Netflix does. And so the first night or, you know, one of the, within those first nights, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to turn on wonder years. And then that became the show that I watched in a delirious sleepy state for the first like year and a half of my son's life, (laughs) you know, when I was waking up with him every night. And so I revisited it and I, and I just, grew to love it even more because i was like man that there's just not tv like this as much anymore and it just brought back a lot of memories and it brought back a lot of memories of like going to my grandpa's house and like how it looked because i mean it really is a great like representation of what life was like in the 60s and late seven you know in the 70s because that's when this was kind of done um and so you know that that's what that's when i wrote you know that that's my yeah. memory really of it now is is watching it at night so
1: i have memories like you of it being on and i can remember like some snippets of episodes but i cannot tell you like what happens in any single episode like i because i was young enough that if i was watching it i i just don't remember uh enough of what was going on but rewatching this episode for today um or maybe watching it for the first time. I don't I don't really know. I like I, I recognized <laughs> all the characters. Like I knew who everyone was as soon as they were on. I'm like, oh I remember that per you know that actor in that role. Like Jack um, Norma. And, and so there Kelly, was Wayne. Familiarity. <laughs> Paul his friend. Um but even if I couldn't remember the specificity of any, any plots. <laughs> it was just like, oh, th- these are like familiar figures from my childhood entertainment. I've never gone and rewatched anything. So anything that I remember of it must have been when it was on first airing, I would guess, or at least like more reruns. reruns I mean, they did a lot of reruns back, on back those days. In it, yeah, yeah. Uh, after it had aired. But watching this episode and seeing how well it held up, I was like, oh, my wife and I should go binge this because it it did not feel dated at all um, in terms of like the comedy style. Like sometimes we go watch older shows. The uh you know the, the rhythms of everything or like the studio laugh track or things like that actually make it feel more dated um and this didn't have some of those it it felt a lot like more modern single camera sitcoms do uh with the voiceover narrator and the way it was shot um i was i was surprised how contemporary it felt watching this episode
0: it's just classic tv everyone should yes. watch it <laughs> that's why i suggested it
1: yeah, I, I so when we, I reached out to you and said, "Do you have a Christmas uh thing you would want to talk about? It could be a movie or special or Christmas episode." And you're like the Wonder Years. I'm like, I don't remember any Wonder Years Christmas episodes, and I'm really glad you suggested it because this would not. Well, it was
0: funny because I gave you like two or three things, and the other ones were more like just kind of silly stuff. And then I was like, yeah. "But this one is a really good show," and you're like, "I don't recognize that." And so I gave you a brief, brief synopsis of what I remembered, and there were key points that I forgot. And you were like, oh no, let's do that one. Like 100% do that one. And I was like, oh, okay, we can do that. That's fine. So I'm glad you liked it.
1: So The Wonder Years was created by Neil Marlins and Carol Black, and it aired uh, for those six seasons on ABC. While it was produced and aired in the late 80s and early 90s, it was set 20 years earlier. So, whatever year the season was airing, it was supposed to be 20 years. Uh, previous so it was set in the late 60s and then early 70s and the series has a comedic narration that comes from the adult kevin character which was provided by david stern of home alone fame so there's another christmas tie-in right there uh marv isn't he marv on home alone am i remembering the name of the burglar yeah the wet (laughs) Bandits. yes oh we've never done home alone how has that happened Okay. Well, maybe we'll have to
0: do that one because yes. that was probably one of the two movies I saw most in the theater when I was a child. That and Jurassic Park; those were the two movies.
1: I think Jurassic Park has my personal. So record we can do Home Alone. Times we I, I saw in a the theater. All right. Well, Fred Savage. That one was uh, mine too,
0: but Home Alone's second.
1: Fred Savage is the youngest right. actor ever nominated for an Outstanding Actor in a Comedy Emmy Award. And during its run, the show won Emmy Awards for Outstanding Comedy. It won two for directing and another one for writing and was nominated. I think it was it was over a dozen other nominations during its, its run. So it was well-respected um, as it was airing. And I think it's l- like the... Um like Friend Savage has a couple had had a couple other projects. Like he had the the grinder uh short at on Fox, which was a pretty fun show. Loved I loved re- that show. Oh, I thought it was re- I thought it was with,
0: hilarious. With Rob Lowe. I yeah. loved that show. Me and my wife, that was one of the few shows like The Good Place Now that we would wait and watch, like when it like right as it dropped. Uh-huh.
1: But like, I, I remember that when that I was announced, so. all the like entertainment trades were like Fred savage you know from the wonder years like it, it still is everything that you know for a lot of these actors like this is what what follows them um well he also has this.
0: the prince's bride tacked to him too so right i mean he's had a great career even with just those two things
1: yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty good run for what well, how old would he've been in Princess Pride? Probably 13 also like probably in the first season or two of
0: like, Yeah, four years? he was really young. I mean, that was like 80 it was right around this same time. Yeah. Cuz it was like 89, wasn't it? Uh-huh. So it was right after this.
1: Can you imagine going from But I
0: think as child actors go, I think everyone should just look at Fred Savage and be like, "Yeah, that's the bar." Like that's <laughs> the pinnacle. That's where you want to be. Immense
1: success and seems to have come out. Well, no, just but
0: good. Like he's really good in the show. Like I, Uh there's so many times that I'm just like, I don't even feel like he's acting. Like there, I mean, you watch some of those early Harry Potter films and you're like, okay, like, okay, you're laying it on a little thick there. Yeah, you know, or uh, doesn't know how to cry yet, still learning how to cry. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) but I mean, Fred Savage. I mean, he had he had it, and he, I mean. There are a few that I find better than him as a child actor. So... I mean, all
1: right. Well, before we get to the summary that Nick is going to be reading for us, we would like to thank you uh, listeners, yeah. for downloading this episode <laughs> and for listening. And we especially want to thank those of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us financially, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonists and support our show with at least a dollar per month. All supporters on Patreon at any level receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we break down newly released films and trailers and give monthly updates on our fantasy box office. And all patrons who support us with $5 per month or more get to choose a topic for us to discuss. Nick. Why don't you go ahead and take away the summary for the episode "Christmas" from the Wonder, e- Wonder Years? They didn't so really strain themselves where... for the title right
0: there. <laughs> like, what are we going to? Yeah, this but fun? you know what? I don't. I don't really feel like that there needs to be anything else, right? Yeah, I mean, no, we know I, what it I, is. The Let's episode is wonderfully
1: it... written, but it is a little bit of a. You, know, you see the title, like which which episode we're we talking about? Christmas. That that's really what they would uh, like. Yes.
0: Well, and it's funny that it's the third episode too. Like, I don't know. It seems like a Christmas special would normally be like later on. But maybe I just watch too much Doctor Who. So um So initially I was like, I'm gonna totally read the whole synopsis in like Don Fontaine's voice or something like that, just to make it super epic. But I'm probably, you know, the year was 1968. No, Um, but I decided not to. So I will just read it normal.
1: (laughs) All right. uh Okay.
0: So we start off with, the year is 1968, and we open with Silent Night filling our ears sung by a choir. As the camera pans out, we find a young Kevin 13 years old, with his brother Wayne gawking over a color television. Soon, mother and big sister Karen are captivated by its majesty as well, and a salesman comes by to try and make the sale. Unfortunately, the mother then explains to everyone's dismay, well, you really need to to have to talk to my husband. We then see Jack Arnold, the father of the family, bickering over the price of an $8 Christmas tree. It's a dollar a foot. That's highway robbery, he exclaims. Dad was known for getting grumpy around the holidays, and Kevin starts to try and schmooze his dad, uh, being kind and helpful and trying to be delicate and tactful to suggest a purchase of a color television. But his big brother, Wayne, then blurts out, So, Dad, when are you going to buy us that color TV? Well, Dad was confused and they then unsuccessfully tried to explain all the great things that they could watch in color bonanza baseball football baseball <laughs> dad then explains tvs cost money kids money doesn't grow on trees but kevin does not lose hope christmas is a time for miracles so Kevin is now in school counting down the minutes for Christmas break. The bell rings, and, can, and he continues a standing argument about whether or not his best friend Paul has it better off with eight days of presents instead of only one. Paul asks, or, <laughs> Paul, Paul states, quantity over quality. What is the thing you want more than anything else for Christmas? Kevin then glances over to a slow-motion montage of the love of his life. Winnie Cooper, his school crush, is wistfully strolling down the hallway, a hair flip with a smile that has been known to make even the most stalwart of men weak in the knees. He then she then All grasps right. the yeah, hand yeah, of a rival I've boy. Stop you.
1: You're you're setting a, a much too high a bar for our summaries at this point. Why? <laughs> no, you've got you've got you've got to tell this. <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> I mean, right?
1: The, the level of detail but, is impressive, and and the way you're describing Winnie walking down the hallway. I remember that, like, I, the scene I watched today. You just put it in words uh, to paint a mental picture of exactly what was on screen. So good job.
0: Well, um, and how many of us have not had that moment in our life?
1: And if you the, haven't, the then rush. I feel
0: sorry for you because yeah. there's been a few times in my life that time has slowed down. And uh, they're very memorable for me. So, you know, brought back a lot of, uh, of good memories. Anyway, so um, she then grasps the hand of a rival boy, and Kevin is snapped back into reality. He then tells Paul a color TV. Just then, Winnie calls to Kevin and hands him a simple wrapped gift. He can smell her perfume. She asks him not to open it until Christmas. Flustered, he says, uh, I got something for you, too. It's a lie, but a good lie. And he says he will bring it to her house. Paul then says, you must be dreaming. You're never going to get a color TV. We cut to the Arnold family trimming the Christmas tree and reminiscing about family traditions. Kevin's still trying to figure out the best way to ask Dad for the color TV. Um, Everyone is happy and thinking of wonderful times together. And then Wade demands, Dad, are you going to buy us that color TV or not? Unbelievable. Mom then tries to calm the tension, and Dad stands up. The thing is, I love color TV. Probably love color TV more than the next guy. The thing is, does anyone know how much a color TV costs? Kevin healthfully exclaims, $499.95 plus tax, minus the discount, $444.30 total. He immediately regrets it. Now, I did a little research, and that's about $3,400. In today's money,
1: yeah, this is not a casual purchase at all. So
0: yeah, I mean, this is 1968. So I, I you know, I was like, how much would that be? I'm TVs glad you weren't I was about there. to
1: start googling it right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, and that was 2016 dollars. So when this podcast started, I just I, <laughs> that's what I could find anyway. <laughs> wait, so, wait, so wait. it might be Poor even a little bit more. So yeah. So what was the eight dollar Christmas tree? Uh, I well. Doctor Google can find that out for you because I don't remember the exact exchange rate. <laughs> I I put in how much was this, <laughs> you know, and that's what I got. Okay, all right. What
1: what year so, have we got? Nineteen
0: sixty-eight. Nineteen sixty-eight is when, when this film was. Okay, so that night, Bed is uh, Kevin is still worried. He needs to find a present for women and has it has to be amazing and perfect in every way. The next day they are walking through the department store and Paul suggests a snow globe that Kevin says perfume. They find themselves at the counter smelling every perfume to try to find out which one she wears. Paul then asks if she already has some, why would she want more? So he settles on a snow globe with a ballerina inside of it. It's Christmas Eve, and the family is on edge. Mom reminds everyone that they're going caroling later. Wayne is watching TV in black and white and lamenting on how horrible it is with no color. The tension of the family finally snaps, and they yell at Wayne, saying, We're not getting a color TV! Give it up! Everyone exits to cool off, and Kevin takes this chance to head over to Winnie's house and deliver his present. He is expecting all his dreams to come true when she opens the door and confesses her love to him with a kiss. As soon as he is brought back to reality, or no, he is soon brought back to reality as an elderly woman answers the door that he does not recognize Winnie is not home. She tells him that the family went to spend the holidays with relatives. She seems to think that Kevin would understand why, and she reminds him about Winnie's brother. Brian had been killed last fall in Vietnam. Kevin feels horrible and dejected and feels like the dumbest human being on the face of the earth. He then gives the present for Winnie to the woman and tells her it was supposed to be perfume. Kevin has time to think about Christmas on his walk home. He thinks about a lot of things. He thinks about Winnie, about Brian, and how things can get really messed up. He then sees his family singing Christmas carols, and he approaches. The family unenthusiastically sings, and Dad is just staring into nothingness. Nothing short of a miracle is going to make this right. And then it happened. It started to pour rain. The thing is, is that Dad did not move. He is is unfazed by the downpour. The family does not know what to do and is frozen in place, scared of what is going to happen. Dad then erupts into laughter, and the, f- and the family follows suit. We then see them drying off at the Christmas table and chuckling about the day's mishap. Kevin then recalls, I don't remember what I got for Christmas that year. But Dad got Mom a bracelet, and that knocked her socks off. He did get us that color TV two years later. That year, Christmas became more, about, was more, became more than about tinsel and wrapping paper. It became more about memories. Memories are the way of holding on to things that we love. Winnie taught him that even in a world that changes as fast, changes too fast, the best we can do to each other is wish each other a Merry Christmas and good luck. He then opens up Winnie's gift and in the small box lies a four-leaf clover. The end.
1: Ah, thank you for that great summary.
0: So I looked into it. Research.
1: Oh, the eight (laughs) dollar Christmas tree.
0: Yeah. What what did your inflation
1: calculator find? I got about sixty dollars today. Well, I have fifty nine dollars and three cents. So yeah, yeah, fifty fifty nine and change. Um, Which, if you can get an eight foot Christmas tree for sixty dollars, I don't know where that lot is.
0: (laughs) I don't buy real Christmas trees, so I don't know. I'm one of those sad people that has a fake one, my whole life.
1: I yeah, do yeah, right I'm, now, but I, I, have I buy one, them about one right four now. feet tall.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've never had a real tree in my whole life. Um, but mostly it's because like my whole family is like, deathly allergic to most things. And so the thought of just having something like that in our house <laughs> would probably have all made us like have severe allergic reactions and none of us could breathe. So it's probably like, good you don't that know we didn't that have anyone one. Is allergic? Well, you just assume. Well, no, we know that like a lot of us would probably have problems with it being in there. And but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we are all very allergic to things anyway. Wonder Years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, first of all, I want to give a shout shout out to all the actors, and particularly as you noted, child actors. Sometimes you feel the acting that's taking place and this has quite a few young actors in their core cast and everything I saw in this episode felt good. It's like well done by the casting director and whoever's directing the episode and by these young actors in playing these roles. I thought, um, they, they really nailed it in a way that, um, Elevated this material. Uh, I, I think there is a reason that so often move, uh, our TV shows that have young actors are targeted at kids because it's it's like okay, th- this is both like a one to one correlation of of age of of audience to age of protagonist, but also uh, y- you can get away with maybe some some less polished acting when a show is targeting just kids. But this was a show targeting mainstream audiences of all ages, and they were putting it on the shoulders of an awful lot of young actors, and I think they rose to the challenge.
0: The the, th- the thing that's so funny about it, too, is that even though there's subtle nuance in each person, like, I mean, there's moments that each character has, everyone has their role in a way, which is, I know, terrible to say, but like, as you're watching it, you're like, okay, Kevin is the one stuck in the middle. He has this big brother who's just a jerk all the time, like has no redeeming qualities at all at this moment. Um, you know, his older sister is just kind of like a know-it-all that doesn't really want to be around at all. Um, But And she thinks she's a lot smarter than she is. And then Mom is the peacemaker trying to, like, help this, you know, this dynamic of that Dad is the boss, he's the patriarch, he's the patriarchy, like, we all have to kind of just bend to his will and we all have to kind of tiptoe around him because, I mean, in the end, he's the one that you know, can make or break what what's going to happen for us. And, you know, in some ways it's like, oh, just be nice. And you see moments when Jack is like, like, you know, he really wants the best for his family, but he also like... I mean, that's a lot of money and, you know, he has to provide for the family. More than
1: you can comfortably do on a whim.
0: Yeah. It's not just right. something we can be like, okay, well, let's just go buy a TV because, you know, they're beautiful. Um, you know, and there oh, is it's that.
1: Like the mom at one point says, we can scrimp and save. We'll eat hot dogs for a month. And once you hear like the inflation calculator, like that's not hot dogs for a month. That's Yeah.
0: Awesome. And she's like, don't give me a present. Money. And she's like, let's really do this. And the reason why she wants to do it is she says, I picture us as a family sitting around that TV and enjoying it together. So, like, her main focus is not, hey, I really want to watch Bonanza in color. It's, I think that this is going to be something that will bring our family together, which is something that, you know, hopefully most parents want. They want their kids to feel engaged and happy and healthy together. You know, and Jack even says the same thing. You know, he's like, Norma, I, you know... You know, maybe we can figure this out, but I don't know. You know, and and I think that that scene—I mean—I kind of omitted that from the long summary and a little in—I don't know—but it is a very important scene. I was just like, I gotta shorten this up. I'm way too long, always, every time. Um, So, yeah, like it's it's so fun, and and then like how Kevin, like his whole focus is just. Oh, I got to get this TV. I got to figure out how to do it. Like every action he does, just like a 13-year-old, it's like, I can manipulate my dad. Here, dad, I'll help you with that TV. You know, kill him with kindness. (laughs) I know how how to do this. I'm confident that I'll be able to pull this off because, you know, I have no concept of how much this is actually going to cost because, you know, $400 and, you know, $444 is, you know, whatever. I don't know. That's just money. (laughs) You know, like.
1: Yeah. It's just money my
0: dad makes money right <laughs> yeah like you know, I've, I've seen him he's a furniture salesman if i remember correctly jack um i think there is an episode where he he takes kevin to his work and kevin's like this is not at all what i thought you did at work <laughs> and he's just like sitting like <laughs> selling furniture on a phone or something and kevin's like so bored and <laughs> and then he finally realizes what his dad has to do and he appreciates him more like i mean that's kind of a theme in these shows in this show yeah is that you know there's character growth but um yeah it's it's wonderful
1: (laughs) yeah the uh the scene of the two parents like sitting and talking like that that felt real (laughs) like we really do want to make our kids happy but there are obstacles uh both in terms of our children's development of being given exactly what they want when they want it that's not great but then also just the financial realities of running a household (laughs) with kids it's like i we can't we can't just do this on a whim um and, and so that 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 scene definitely like grounded the parents cuz I, I think with a young protagonist in an episode where there's their desire for this thing uh is one of the key story arcs um the obstacle feels like it's going to be his dad and it's really easy to turn the father into a villain in that situation but having that one scene in there really shifts everything for a viewer um and allows you to uh to process all of the elements of the story um in a very explicit and grounded way like right here here's why the parents are doing what they're doing and the, and the choices are being made that are being made
0: well and also when he bursts into laughter when it's raining you know i mean up until mm-hmm. that point he had just been this grump all the time like just mad Because everyone was keep telling him that we need this TV, you know, and, you know, he was grumpy and everybody was grumpy and it was Christmas Eve and we have to be here as a family. No one's leaving. We're all staying here. And then, you know, of course, Kevin just leaves. (laughs) Which I thought was funny because.
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's this big scene where he's. Yeah, there's no. (laughs) It's just no one's leaving, and then the next shot is Kevin walking to Winnie's house to give her the gift, and then
0: one. and um, then they're out caroling, he and left. he just shows up, and they're all just like, "Hey, Kevin!" Like they just kind of, you know. And so I like to think that Kevin went to his mom and said, "Hey, look, I know no one's supposed to leave, but I have this gift for Winnie, and it's just next door, right?" Because Winnie is that. Winnie <laughs> is the girl next door. Um. So you know, it, and and one thing that I I mean. Major spoilers for the show, okay? But in the season finale of this show, like, you would think after watching these episodes and stuff that Winnie and Kevin would get together in the end, right? Like, and that's sadly, like, in a lot of ways, the way that most shows would go. Like, oh, you know, guy gets the girl in the end, you know, because that's what the whole show has been about. But in the end... Um, they don't, they don't get together, but they do, you know, share admiration for each other. Um, I don't want to completely spoil it unless you care. I don't know. Um, but, (laughs) but like seeing the beginning of it and knowing what happens in the end, it's like, you know what life, you know, just like this episode, it doesn't always happen the way that you think it's going to happen. Right. Like we're not always going to be able to get that TV. Um, or we're not always going to be able to get the girl, but sometimes it's the memories and the journey along the way that make it all worth it. Um, and I think it's an important lesson, you know, to remember Mm -hmm. that, especially in a world that is so materialistic and, you know, we, I mean, we live in a snapshot of social media, like, look at how perfect my, you know, Halloween costume was everyone, ooh and ah, or, you know, here's my... Which you, your Christmas family did present. have a sweet
1: Halloween costume.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it was all my son's idea. So, I mean, you have all the best ideas Just for listeners. Like 18.
1: Both Nick, both Nick and
0: producer Andrew's families were Spider-Verse characters for their Halloween costumes. Yeah, you know, and great minds think alike. <laughs> Spider-Man into yeah. the Spider-Verse. We should probably do that one on Protagonist too would be a good one it, it, it's in the hopper for us to get to
1: well, oh yeah I, I can't say when but it's definitely uh, been in the list particularly since we did an animation special and never mentioned spider-man into the spider-verse and our listeners let us know that we had a major omission talking about animation story storytelling i mean we were trying to talk about some historical animation and we weren't ready to talk <laughs> about the groundbreaking most recent innovation and they did announce uh, academy Spider-Man. award-winning animated film
0: Spider-Man yeah. Into the Spider-Verse 2022. I'll be there. That's too yeah, long. I know. Away, it guys, really is. That is so
1: <laughs> far away. <laughs>
0: it really is. Anyway, so wonder years. <laughs>
1: but, but I want to circle back to something you were saying, Nick, uh, about uh, like the message that we get about memories versus materialism. There's the moment when the voiceover version of Kevin says, I don't remember what I got for Christmas that year. But I remember going caroling and having it rain. And I think back to some of my Christmases and there are absolutely times where like I have no idea what I got for Christmas that year but I remember something like the year we all had a stomach virus on Christmas Day. (laughs) like that is a family memory of like kids laying down on the ground on towels near the Christmas tree (laughs) because that was as good as it got for that moment and I don't know what what gifts there were but that's definitely like an ingrained firm every member of my family was there together as this You know, unexpected part of Christmas hit us. I mean,
0: there's really only a handful of Christmases that I can say this was the cool thing that I got. Remember, one of them was I got a Nintendo NES, the original one. I have no idea what year that was. That's a pretty significant one. The other one that was really significant for me was that I got the Lego pirate ship. And like, that was something (laughs) that I wanted so bad. You know, the full pirate ship lego pirate ship and that was those are like the two like gift memories that i remember but i can tell you like what we did like we were like clockwork on christmas with traditions like we went and visited these people and we had this food and we went to these places we went to like eight places on christmas like my family was nuts like we never were home on christmas we had went to grandma's grandma's aunts mom's best friends like and we didn't even get home until, you know, like nine on Christmas night. And we were just like chomping at the bit to play with our stuff, but we could take some with us. So it was, you know, it was cool. But it was mainly spent with family and it's, and it's important um, as, you know, friends and family and stuff to remember that, right? It's not always about what gift you give because, you know, it is important to try and find the perfect gift, but in a lot of ways, it's more important to create a memory with with that in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think it was about like two or three years ago, it was right around the time we started having kids that me and my wife decided instead of giving ourselves gifts on Christmas or on our birthdays, that instead we would take that money and put it towards something that would create a memory. So like last year we bought passes to the aquarium that's local here. And so for the last year, we've gone to the aquarium probably, you know, probably 30 times. Like, we go all the time. And it has been wonderful memories, like, all throughout the year with both of my little kids to go to the aquarium and, you know, them just know the animals and share with them and be able to do all that stuff. And I think that that's something that has really affected my life. Like, it's really been... like made me happy there was a year that we went on a trip you know and so now instead of getting that you know xbox game or that cool shirt or whatever i now have memories of us going to chicago you know and and i think that that's way more valuable and you know kevin was just a lot smarter than i was he learned it when he was 13 i mean i had to be like in my mid 30s The voiceover
1: (laughs) delivering that (laughs) Into the best. I don't know if he knew that when he was thirteen. I don't know. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> but the the adult version of him looking back knew it, <laughs> because thirteen year old Kevin still gave the snow globe dancing uh, figurine. Yeah, but to, it wasn't. But it was
0: after when he was after he realized that you know Winnie, you know Winnie was struggling. Right, like she she was having a hard time because her brother, you know, and having a a sibling die or any family member die, is. Is jarring, especially when you're, when you're that young, I mean, 13, you know, what's yeah. going on and, you know, you can't just be like, are they going to wake up? You know, are they going to come back next week? Um, mm-hmm. and so that, you know, I'm sure. That... Well, and
1: then it's, am I right in remembering that this was their first Christmas since, since he had died?
0: Yeah. And so that, you know, they left because yeah. they, because they had all these memories with Brian and, you know, And they, you know, and sometimes that's just too hard to bear. And so, you know, he's there so worried about super superficial stuff. And I mean, it's, it's, it's power. It's a powerful moment for like watching it. My wife, um, who I doubt has watched the wonder years. Um, I don't know. I mean, she knows of it probably like you, it's been on, but it wasn't really a staple in her life. Um, she, you know, I was sitting here watching it on the bed and she came in and she was just chuckling laughing like she didn't even know the characters and stuff but like the humor and everything was so funny and she was there during that part and she went oh now i know why you wanted to watch this she's like wow this is this is really powerful and then when he opens when he opens up the gift and the only thing that winnie like i mean the perfect gift is that she just wants him to have luck like that she wants him to feel good uh, you know, because she's hurting herself, maybe I don't know, like their relationship has always been really funny too, because they they bicker a lot because they're both- they both like each other, but neither of them knows what to do <laughs> like about it, right <laughs> which is like classic junior high relationships, right, like let's pass the note, yeah. check yes or no if you like me, <laughs> yes, you know or no, or. Fill in the blank at the bottom if, you know, it's complicated on Facebook status. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny to watch that and be like, okay, like, yeah, that's important. And I also feel like, personally, God, I feel like I'm on a soapbox right now. I need to let you talk more. But I feel it's personally very important to go through those things when you're young. To figure out how to, like, be in a relationship like that. Like, experience heartbreak um learn how to communicate because if you wait until you're older might be a little hard (laughs) to have to go through stuff like that (laughs) right like you know i'd hate to be like 30 and be like i'm still not gonna talk to you because i'm mad you know or something i don't know
1: um well, I want to go back to this moment of giving the gift okay. uh, and you said like it, it Lena, your wife was in the room watching it and it's really powerful when this stranger to Kevin says they had to go away for the holidays because, you know, their, their son died. Well, uh, you like never know who this lady it's... is.
0: Like, you don't know if she's like grandma or just like neighbor that's washing the house for them. Yeah, like.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Which, which is because it's from a thirteen-year-old's point of view. I think that's a valid choice. Yeah, one hundred percent storytellers. Right. To just say there's some other adult there. Oh, it's an adult. Uh, carry on. But you see in Fred Savage's face this knowledge that his gift is insufficient. <laughs> like I, I have misread the situation.
0: Regardless of what's um, going on.
1: What? Okay. What? Yeah. Well, that what she needs. Yeah. that What she needs right now is not this gift. But he also. And again, I think this is a really strong and valid choice. He doesn't know what to do about it. So he still just hands the gift and says it was supposed to be perfume.
0: Because in his mind, that was probably, you know, that's what he wanted to give her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But he he doesn't know how to fix it. But he knows what he's giving her isn't what she needs for the situation that she finds herself in with her first Christmas with her brother having died. Um, And I think it's a strong bit of acting. But I think it's also a good bit of writing that he doesn't like really process how he could make this better. Like he doesn't take the gift and say, well, I've got to go find something even better. It's just like, well, this is what I have, which, which it feels again, accurate for a 13 year old. Uh, you know, his read of the situation is like, well, I wish I'd found a better gift, but this is what I got. It was supposed to be perfume and he still leaves it at the house for Winnie to, to get. Yeah. Um, and, and so the uh, simultaneous like acknowledgement, but helplessness, which I, I think is also like a really uh, uh, I think that could be a very adult feeling in that situation. But then they're just carrying through with the <laughs> inadequate gift that he bought at the at yeah. the mall for six was six dollars his budget. I'm trying to remember yeah, six dollars. It had to be, had you to be know, less than five dollars. You know, like that. I mean,
0: eight dollars is 60 bucks. So, um, I mean, that snow globe was yeah. not cheap. Like a forty dollar snow globe, yeah,
1: that was not a cheap snow globe. <laughs> I was waiting for it to find out like he couldn't afford the perfume to be the gag, but I really did also like the French just saying she already has this perfume if
0: if why you why do, why does she need more? <laughs> <laughs> I love Paul
1: I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh like like those little bits of comedy that we get like with the um uh the, the the montage of him smelling all the different perfumes and making the faces i i think it could have been uh a really easy gag and it would have felt satisfying to have it just be too expensive and that's why he doesn't buy her the perfume but i think it was it was a better choice to have Paul be like if she already has the perfume guy well you know, paul buddy, is often the voice of reason too he's
0: kind of the jiminy cricket of in a lot of ways like he's a good he's a good friend like if you ever want to have a good friend, try to find yourself with Paul because he's supportive in all of your decisions. Also a little naive, right? Like, are, you, you know, you got to be dreaming, you know, like you're never going to get that TV when clearly like Kevin's only thinking about Winnie. Like, I want Winnie for Christmas, like for her to be my girlfriend. But, you know, that's also just 13, Like, it's just so, it's such a good representation of the time period. And that, and not only just the time period, but like that time in your life. You know, I remember being 13, (laughs) kind of having my first crush. I mean, I can tell her her name. Her name was Shayla, you know, and like, I was just like, yeah, she's the best. (laughs) Um, But like, yeah, it just, you know, and I think good TV and good storytelling can bring you to a place You know, in a lot of ways, if it's well-written and stuff, that you can kind of put yourself in that person's place and say, you know what, I've been there and I felt these feelings and it brings back, I mean, even the, you know, moniker of the show or, you know, the whatever it is, it brings back those memories and makes you feel, you know, nostalgia or happiness or, I mean, regret, I don't know, like there's a lot of feelings that you can feel, but... That's what a good story can do. And that's part of the reason that I loved this. I mean, this show, I, I mean, if you would have asked me, what are your top 100 shows of all time? I wouldn't put the Wonder Years on there. Right. Like, I, I mean, there's so many other shows that I would probably be like, oh, this is my favorite show. And for a lot of different reasons. But when you asked me, what's a show about Christmas? I said, oh, this is a show that gives me the feelings. You know, and also, you know, that those memories of Christmas. And that's something that's even more powerful than just being my favorite show or my favorite Christmas episode, right, of something. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of the reason why I I wanted to talk about it.
1: it well, One thing that is a little interesting to think about with this, because um, I think, like you said, the it, it successfully kind of encapsulates kind of a timelessness, even though it is a show from. The '80s that is set in the '60s, so you got the 20 year gap, which is a classic pop culture thing to jump back 20 years for the nostalgia cycle. Because then all all the kids that grew up in that era are now making the TV shows, and so you they, yeah. they make a, a show about their youth, and and the viewers are like reliving it. So that's why, like in the in the '90s and early 2000s, we get that '70s show, and you know we've got Captain Marvel set in the '90s or Stranger Things set in the '80s, like this, just this look back. But now. Like if they were going to do a show like this, it would be set in the early two thousands, guys, and that is a little weird to me. It'd be like, it'd be like,
0: guess what? We're all hanging out on Messenger, on IQ uh, yeah, Messenger. Y two K is coming. Y two K is doing this right now. And Y two K. I just made a yeah. website on GeoCities. Do you want to see it? It's got bright green background with black text. <laughs> <laughs> be like, what the? We're listening to the Backstreet Boys this tonight. Let's go to the concert. You no know, that that was a good time in my life. <laughs> like, let's all go play EverQuest and I don't know. Get on our AOL account. It just
1: feels a little odd.
0: Yeah, I don't it know. It feels
1: a little odd to realize that the nostalgia cycle is going to be entering this millennium very soon. We've
0: got to, we've got to hook up our modem. <laughs> let's get on the internet.
1: Do you have an email account? No. Only nerds have those.
0: Only nerds. <laughs> I remember specifically, this, is, this would be a good show. My dad owned a computer store growing up, okay? And it was before, I mean, this was in the you know 80s that he had a computer store. Um, and then, like, you know, he went on to do other things. And I remember in junior high, I had Warcraft 2, right? Classic game. Love that game and I said to my dad I said dad if we hook this up to the modem I can play with my friend that's across the you know that's across the street and we can play against each other on this game over the modem and he was like oh let's check it out and my dad I I I swear he was more like enthralled with the technology that I could be sitting at my computer playing with somebody else on the other side of you know the of the town over this internet. And he would come down and watch me play the game just because he's like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing that we can do this technology. Now this is the future. This is amazing. And I, I I so vividly remember that moment Uh, because, you know, my dad would not play games with me very often. Like I had my Nintendo, I had all this stuff, but as soon as I was able to get onto the internet and play against a friend now, I mean, (laughs) You can play against anyone anywhere, because I have my phone, you know, like and stuff like that. <laughs> but like at that moment, my dad was just in awe of that. And I, I it's 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 a memory. Like it is a memory that I have, you know, of a of a defining moment in my life with my dad. Like I share that memory with him. And I mean it brings me joy. Um much like you know, being in the rain and getting caught in the rain while singing carols, you know. And yeah. I mean, a memory is a powerful thing and I, we should hold on to them and cherish them, not just, you know, depend on Facebook to remind us of our <laughs> memories. Because <laughs> I, uh, you know, I look at that every day, too, because I'm like, oh, I want to know what I was doing seven years ago. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh, me and Lino, this is what we're doing. But, you know, and there's value in that, too, but. But yeah it's good stuff
1: i do um i like that this episode it's a christmas episode but it's really like like the the two main plot lines are kind of about failure (laughs) where kevin wants to convince his dad to get him a color tv he does not he wants to get winnie the perfect christmas present he does not but he does make some unforgettable memories with his family And that is what the adult Kevin is able to look back and say, this was a good Christmas. Whereas even even as mature as the 13 year old Kevin we have in the show is, you know, he's disappointed he didn't get the color TV. And, you know, he knows his gift for Winnie was not the right gift. Uh, But the adult one is able to look back and say, good Christmas, even though what we're
0: shown is two uh, plot lines where the protagonist doesn't achieve their goal. Well, and there's actually a lot of value in that. In failure, sometimes we learn more than if we had succeeded, right? And there's, and and in a lot of ways, you know, however many times we fail, we learn more than the one time that we succeeded at something, you know, as a, Mm -hmm. as an artist, I can tell you that I have drawn a lot of really crappy pictures and I learned more in, you know, drawing really bad stuff than I did in, you know, creating the perfect one right off the bat, Um, And so you know, you should think about that the next time you're like, ah, crap! I screwed up on this again. (laughs) Like, what did you (laughs) learn? My grandpa used to talk about that a lot. So, and I don't
1: think it's it's a bad message that you sometimes get in Christmas episodes where it is the parents find a way to give the kid the thing they wanted most because that's what parents do want to do is to
0: give for sure. Like,
1: parents want to make their kids happy. Uh, And I, I know there's a lot of episodes of of sitcoms. Where things work out in the end and everyone gets what they wanted. And I thought this was a pretty spectacular Christmas episode that did not go down that path at all. It didn't even really like the whole time you kind of knew the color TV was not gonna happen. It was it wasn't in the cards. Well, and you didn't feel bad about uh, I think it it's either. Pretty...
0: Right? Like it wasn't yeah. demoralizing to you that they that these things happened. Um and so that I mean mm-hmm. it was just written so perfectly. Like it was just written so well. So
1: yeah, it, it was, uh, I think, a pretty special piece of entertainment to evoke so much of what we want out of Christmas episodes while not giving the characters what they want for a special Christmas, but pointing out and reminding us that, you know, that, that still can be one of your favorite Christmas memories. Absolutely. All right. Any final thoughts about The Wonder Years, Nick?
0: Well, I. I mean, my final thought is, just because I'm totally a nostalgia guy. I looked up pictures of Fred Savage and of Danica. I can't remember her last name, but Winnie Cooper now. And they look the I same Keller. They look exactly the same, <laughs> like it's almost uncanny to me. I'm like, they're just older, <laughs> like, but they look exactly the same. There's a lot of people that if you were also in love with Winnie Cooper or Fred Savage, as I'm sure most people watching this show, um, you can still be in love with them, and that's okay. That's my message. <laughs>
1: <not> um, <laughs> the show is currently streaming on Hulu. I know you you never know with the streaming wars where shows are going to end up, but you can go watch all of The Wonder Years if you have a Hulu uh, in, in a subscription right now. And I think that is going to be in my future, that my wife and I are going to go back and revisit The Wonder Years after watching this episode.
0: Who knows? Maybe you'll write a book about it. I mean, you do have a track record. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) All right. That is going to wrap up this episode of the Protagonist Podcast. Thank you for joining us for show notes and links to all the other great dueling genre shows. You can go to duelinggenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo. You're welcome. And Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. If you enjoyed this episode, you may want to go check out episode number 208 when we had Brandon Nuccio from the Fandom Podcast come talk about a Christmas episode of the Justice League cartoon. Or episode number 49 when we talked about Big Bird in Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. You can reach us by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter. You can follow at Pod or at Jaderowski. And our producer, Andrew, is at minute. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash
0: podcast. Nick, would you like to plug your art and or your podcast right now? <laughs> so my... Uh, I am an artist. I I like to do oil paintings, uh, but I've done a lot of different other artwork. Uh, But you can see some of the stuff that I've done at my website, nickenglishart.com. And Nick is spelled N-I-K. There's no C. English like the language. Art like my medium. I don't know. Art like art. I don't know. Um, And then also I am a regular... Um, co-host on the fandom podcast where we talk about fandoms <laughs> and what positivity and fandom and, uh, and fun, fun stuff. It's a good, it's a good listen. So we have fun doing it. And I think I've been doing it for like four and a half years, four years. Um, so we've, I think we, we've done a few episodes in that time, but it is weekly yeah. most of the time. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fun. And Brandon Nuccio is awesome and um, Taylor Iverson she's she's great too. Um, and we all we all have kind of different fandoms um, that we like and so oftentimes we start talking about stuff that the other person has never even like dealt with and it's it's interesting. So
1: every now and then you do an episode where you swap fandoms and one of you engages with something you haven't engaged with before and I always enjoy those. Just to Well, we'll have to do it again. Up. Yeah. Because those are always good. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, listeners, for downloading this episode. We will be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. Ciao.
0: And it looks like we're going to have a visitor. Hello, little fraggle.